Hi, this is the podcast channel of Lighthouse Church in Ottawa, Canada. We are a family. We don't do life alone. We are about the one, each and every one. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Our hope and prayer is always for life change. Here is today's message. Be blessed as you listen. Quickly, let's um, go to what the Lord has for us. By the grace of God, I'm sharing on keys to successful Christian living. Keys to successful Christian living. Hallelujah. This is a destiny-changing message. Hallelujah. I know you guys are high-tech people, so it's being recorded. You are going to have to watch it over and over again. Okay? Keys to successful Christian living. Now, when you think of a key, what comes to mind? When you think of a key, access. Okay? Access. Okay? So, a key is a symbol of authority because it grants you access. And as you continue the journey as a believer, as a Christian, okay, there are many doors that need to open before you, okay, in order for you to be able to fulfill destiny. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, the Bible says there, he said, I will give to you the keys of the kingdom. Jesus was speaking. In other words, he has given us authority. He has given us power. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions, to tread upon all the powers of the enemy. He said, nothing shall by enemies hurt you. So, a key is a symbol of authority. Authority. And when you think about success, I mean, people define success in different ways, but in simple terms, in simple terms, you set a goal, okay, and you are able to accomplish that goal, it is success, okay? And like we said, success can be in levels, okay? We are, we are on, a, on a level now, on a measure of success now, and as the Lord leads, by the time we expand to the, to the whole of this building, it's another, another level of success. Hallelujah. Amen. And God is interested in our successes as his children. God is interested in our successes. It is the will of God for us to succeed as children of God. God wants us to succeed. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 tells us clearly that he has a plan for us. What he told Jeremiah then applies to every one of us. Say, I've got a plan for you, a good plan, excellent plan, to give you a hope and a future, to give you an expected end. So, and from the pages of the scripture, I know you guys are theologians. You are very, very well versed because I know Pastor Deji is a man of the world. He's teaching you. So, from the pages of the scripture, from Genesis, to revelation, we can give examples of so many people who have gone ahead of us who were successful. So many of them. You can give an example of Abraham, Isaac, at different stages. Goals were set. They accomplished the goal. They were successful. But may I ask you, when you, when you, 
when you have, you know, I mean, you have read your Bible very, very well. Which king, which king would you say was the most successful king? Solomon? Why? He was rich. Okay. Okay. But where is Solomon now? <laughs> okay. Who else wants to try? David, okay. Why? Huh? But but you you know all the things that happened to David, eh? <laughs> okay. He was a man after God's own heart. We thank God for that. But compared compared to some other kings, like King Jehoshaphat, for instance. Okay? Okay, I, I, I'm going to give you this assignment, but I'm sure this message will help you. Okay? I, 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 from my own analysis, I will take King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah. Okay? King Hezekiah. Let's read Second Kings chapter 18. Verses 1 to 7. I want to read from the New Living Translation. If you can project it, that will be fine. Otherwise, I'll just read from my notes here. Okay, is that New, new Living? Good. Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, began to rule over Judah in the third year of King Oshia's reign in Israel. Okay? He was 25 years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done. He removed the pagan shrines, smashed the sacred pillars, and cut down the Asherah posts. He broke up the bronze serpent that Moses had made, because the people of Israel had been offering sacrifices to it, the bronze serpent was called Nehushtan. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. Underline that, trusted in the Lord, okay? There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before or after his time. He remained faithful to the Lord in everything, Underline that he remained faithful to the Lord in everything. And he carefully obeyed all the commands the Lord had given Moses. Okay? So the Lord was with him. And Ezekiah was successful in everything he did. I don't think we can, we can say that of David. I mean, bless his heart. <laughs> Hallelujah. He was a man after God's own heart. <clears throat> This scripture says, another, another king that the scripture says this of is Jehoshaphat. Okay, but Jehoshaphat also made a mistake when he gave his son to go marry the daughter of uh, Ahab and, uh, and Jezebel. Because that led him to go to a war that was contrary to the will of God. And that's, how, that's where Hezekiah urged him. In my own analysis, I'm a, I'm a little pastor, so <laughs> hallelujah, praise God. And this guy was successful in everything he did. He, re, he revolted against the king of Assyria and refused to pay him tribute. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. 
The other scripture, uh, we don't have the time to read it. I'm conscious of your time. Isaiah chapter 38, verses 1 to 7. Further buttresses the reason why Hezekiah was the most successful king. Okay? When you read Isaiah chapter 38, verses 1 to 7, you read there that uh, the prophet Isaiah went before the king and told him, put your house in order. Okay? It is time, your time is up. God is calling you home. And then when Hezekiah got that message, he went before the Lord. And he stood before the Lord. And he had a very, very strong reason. A service unto the Lord. And the Bible says he was able to touch the heart of God. God changed his mind. He's the only king that did that in the scripture. And God gave him additional 15 years. The same prophet that brought that message was the same prophet God sent back to him. Okay? And he got additional 15 years. So we are going to be using King Ezekiah as case study in this message. Okay? We want to look at just five keys within the time that we have. Five keys, five keys to successful Christian living. And this message is for those who have put their faith in Christ. Those are the people who are called Christians, okay? You have put your faith in Christ and you have made up your mind that you are going to live according to his word. So point number one, key number one, you must live a god must life. A god must. If you are going to be successful, you are going to make it no matter what your target is, no matter what your goal is, now, the ultimate success is to make it to heaven. Ultimate success. So, we are talking about success that is beyond here. If you are ultimately going to make it, okay, if you are ultimately going to make it, then you must be immersed. You must be living a God-immersed life. That means that God is at the center of everything you are doing. Hallelujah. He must be at the nucleus. God must be the fulcrum. You must be married to God. You must be married to God. You must be somebody that will not do anything outside the will of God. You must be desperate to live in a life that pleases God. God wanted to teach Ezekiel. This, in Ezekiel chapter 47, I want you to take time to read Ezekiel chapter 47 when you get home, okay? So God took him into a place, to a temple, and then the Bible says the east gate opened and water began to come, okay? And the scripture tells us that an angel appeared before him, before he knew what was happening, the water level was on his ankle level, Okay? The, angel, the, the next time the angel measured, it, was, it has got into his knee. And the water began to come up until he was fully immersed in the water. And essentially, the message God was giving was that, look, if you are going to be able to fulfill destiny, if you are going to be able to make it, it is important that you are fully, fully immersed in the water because that is the source of life. You must be immersed you must be thoroughly immersed in God if you are going to make it. What does that mean? It means that your love for God 
must be top, tip top. Your love for God. In Matthew chapter 27, verses 37 to 38, Matthew chapter 22, 22, verses 37 to 38, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He said, this is the first and the greatest commandment. And this is linked to our foundational purpose here on earth. It's linked to, so each, each of these keys, I'm going to link them to our foundational purpose. If you're under the influence of my voice and you're wondering what's your purpose, maybe you are still trying to search out your purpose in life. I'm sure this message is going to help you by the grace of God. So our first foundational purpose is linked to our love for God, being immersed, being totally joined together with God. And that purpose is worship. Worship. Worship is everything that we do, everything that we do to show our love for God. When, as a child of God, you make up your mind that you want to be the best in your place of work, okay, why? What's the primary purpose for that? It is to be able to point the glory to God so that when people come to you and say, look, what is your secret? You'll be able to say, oh, I have a God that is always with me. I have a God. Scripture tells us that whatsoever you do, whether you are eating or you are walking or wherever, do it what? Unto, the God, unto God's glory. Everything must be done to the glory of God. That's how people who are immersed in God lives. You understand? I mean, it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful, you know, if your vision is to be very, very rich in life. That's, that's a good vision to have. But if you want to be rich so that you just want to claim the glory to yourself, you want to be famous, be careful. But if it is because you want to be able to be influential in the kingdom of God, you want to be able to be the one that will buy the next accommodation for the lighthouse or that one. Oh, wonderful. That's how the people who are immersed in, in God should think. Hallelujah. So I know we are young people and career is very, very important to us. Great, excellent. But I want to tell you, you, you will only be the best with God, with God on your side. When you are doing your things with absolute, total love for God, you will be the best in your career. And I'm telling you from experience. Oh, your job. Oh, your business. Oh, your hobbies. No, those things should not take the first place in your life. They shouldn't take the first place in your life. Ezekiah, in 2 Kings chapter 18, verses 5 to 7, we understand there, he loved the Lord. He loved the Lord. A young boy, he was a youth when he became a king at age 25. And he started doing things that showed that he was thoroughly immersed in God. He loved God. He trusted God. Scripture tells us he was faithful. He was faithful to the end. He obeyed God. He immersed himself thoroughly in God. Therefore, he was able to perform excellently. He didn't make the mistake of his father, David. You can read Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then every other thing shall be added unto you. A lot of us, a lot of us, may I tell you, young people, you begin to worry when you take your eyes away from worship. That's the time you begin to worry. You begin to care about your future. Oh, you are worried. Oh, what's going to happen to me? Oh, who am I going to marry? This, it is when you are taking, when you have gone out of a determination that whatever I do, I want to glorify God. That's the time worry will have a place in your life. But I stand here by the spirit of the most high God. And I declare and declare, wherever anxiety are hiding in your lives, wherever worries are hiding, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, may the fire of the Holy Ghost chase them away. In the name of Jesus The yokes of fear is being broken in your life. In the name of Jesus. Quickly, let's go to point number two. Number two. Key number two is that you must belong to and love God's family. Okay? So that follows automatically from key number one. If you say you love God, then automatically you have to love God's people. Isn't it? Okay? And I, I know that that message, you have heard it over and over again from your pastor. You cannot do life alone. We are created to be inter interdependent. We are created to be inter... You can't run this race alone. So many people have terminated their lives prematurely because they wanted to run this life alone. In the past two years, it's worse. It's worse in the past two years. I read, I read the story of, of, a, of a doctor who took his own life in Europe... Just, just because of this COVID, just because he had views that he was, you know, sharing with people uh, and, and people will not come onto his side. And because of that, he took, his, he took his life. He was, he boxed himself. He was in his own, you know, in his own coffee, more or less. Because if he associated with other doctors, if he was, if he was, if he had a support team, he would not. How would a medical doctor go and take his life? We are not created to do life alone. Matthew chapter twenty-two verse thirty-nine, and the second is like unto it: Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And this one is connected to our second foundational purpose. And it's called fellowship. Fellowship. So I want to thank God you have your connect groups in Lighthouse Water Wife. You have to be relevant in those connect groups. You have to be part. That's, that's, the, that's the, the, the smallest unit of the church. The church is a family. And there are families within family. Hallelujah. Amen. Fellowship is our second foundational purpose of existence. The model is given us in Acts chapter 2, verses 41 to 42. Acts chapter 2, verses 41 to 42, the living Bible. And those who believe Peter were baptized, about 3,000 in all, they joined with the other believers in regular attendance at the apostles' teachings, teaching sessions, and at the communion service and prayer meetings. Those things, they should be happening at your connect groups. Holding each other's hands to pray for one another. Showing the love. That's the first place you show the family love. In the connect groups. Acts chapter 2 verse 46. Acts chapter 2 
verse 46, they worshipped together at the temple each day. Okay? Each day they were worshipping together at the temple, met in homes for the Lord's Supper. So there's nothing wrong. In your connect groups, you can have only communion there. Okay? Somebody is sick in the connect group. The leader there, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, you have a, a communion service. And all you are asking the Lord, healing for this person. Those are the kind of things that should be happening in our cell groups, in our connect groups. And share their meals with great joy and generosity. Okay? You take covenant meals at the connect group. Each time you meet, you must have something to share. It's part of it. That's the way Jesus did it. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Quickly, let's go to key number three. Key number three. Must cultivate spiritual maturity. So the first key is what? What's the first key? You are following me. Live a God in man's life. And that's connected to what, what foundational purpose? Worship. Worship. The second key. Okay. And that's connected to what foundational purpose? Fellowship. Fellowship. And then the third key must cultivate spiritual maturity. You must be determined to grow. You've been born again for two years, for three years. You are still warming the chair in the church. What kind of life is that? You must be determined to grow. No excuse. No excuse. Why? Those of us who are parents here, you are feeding your child, you are feeding your baby. If the baby does not grow one year, two years, the baby is not working, what are you going to do? There is trouble, isn't it? Hallelujah. There is trouble. The same way, you've been born again for one year, for two years, for three years, you are still warming the chair. You cannot point to anybody that you have witnessed to and brought into the church. There's trouble, there's problem. In the mighty name of Jesus, every spirit of stagnancy, I release the fire of the Holy Ghost to consume them. In the name of Jesus. You must grow. That is the will of God. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18. He said the path of the believer is as a shining light that goes brighter and brighter. God is interested in your growth. Say to your neighbor, God is interested in your growth. We are, we, it's all about learning to be like Christ in character, in courage, in capacity. Christ is our goal. He's our, he's our role model. Look at the life that he lived as he grew up. And this is connected to our foundational purpose that is called what? Discipleship. Discipleship. So you grow to the point that you too begin to bear fruits. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1. Good news translation. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1. He said, let us go forward then to mature teaching and leave behind us the first lessons of the Christian message. Leave behind. Most of us are glued to John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world. That's the only thing. No! God wants you to grow. A disciple is a student. Okay? God wants us to be lifelong learner. As we are learning, we are growing. We are increasing. We are supposed, 
we, we, we are not supposed to be container. We are supposed to be vessels. We are receiving, we are giving. We are receiving, we are giving. A container will just keep whatever they are receiving. God wants you to grow. Say to your neighbor, God wants you to grow. Stop warming the bench. And by the grace of God, you are planted in a, in a mission, the RCCG, Redeemed Christian Church of God, is fully resourced. I, I spoke about this last year when I came. And I want to thank God for some of you have already responded, came to the School of Disciples. I'm sure you can be a testimony that you are being blessed there. There are so many resources in the Redeemed Christian Church of God. I, I want to thank God for your academy as well. So your pastor pours into you through that. It's not for you to keep to yourself alone. You have to disciple others. You have to disciple others. Quickly, let's go to key number four. Key number four. You must seek for ways to serve others. So this follows naturally from key number three, that if you are growing, then you are giving. You're serving. You're serving. Okay? Because God is the greatest investor. Our God is the greatest investor. And he's looking for returns on his investment. He's looking for returns on his investment. So many of us are gifted. You have unique gifts. You have unique talents. And you are like that brother who got one single talent and went to hide it. Wonderful. You need to go and read the parable of the talents all over again. And see the kind of judgment that came upon him. So if you have, you, you have unique gifts, unique talents, you have abilities, you can do things that other people cannot do. Bring them into the kingdom. Hallelujah. That's what people who are immersed in God does. Everything you have, you bring it into the kingdom to be used. And this one is connected to our fourth foundational purpose, which is ministry. Every child of God has a ministry. I repeat that. Please write it very, very clearly. Because you think that it's only the pastors that have a ministry. Or you think until they ordain you before you have a ministry. No. Even if you were born again yesterday, you have a ministry. Once you are born again, okay, you come to the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The next thing is for you to begin to seek out, you know, the calling of God upon your life. Because nobody, nobody is born useless in the kingdom. Nobody at all. So in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10, 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10, the living Bible, he said, God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other. Did you hear that? Be sure to use them to help each other. Passing on to other God's many kinds of blessings. This work is all about relationship. There's power in relationship. As you release yourself to be a blessing to others, other people will be a blessing to you. That's the way it works. You are called to serve. Every one of us, we are, we are saved to serve. That's one of the beauty of Christianity. There's no selfishness. If you say you are a Christian and you are still manifesting selfishness, oh, you better, you better check 
properly and be sure that we are thoroughly born again. No, 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 because it's not our value. It is not. Selfishness is not part of a Christian value. Otherwise, Christ would not have gone to die for us on the cross. Hallelujah. The question we must keep asking ourselves is the same question that David asked in Psalm 116, verse 12. Psalm 116, verse 12, message Bible. David was asking, what can I give back to God for the blessings he has poured out on me? The same question you should be asking yourself. What can I give back to God for all the blessings? Let me tell you, so many people better than you, many people richer than you, many people more handsome than you, more beautiful than you, they are gone. They are gone. And each time, each time I'm, I'm thinking of this, I, I remember the testimony of one, one man of God in Nigeria, you know, Archbishop uh, Benjamin Kosha in Joss. I don't know how many of us have, have read his testimony. This man says he lives every day considering that day as a gift. So he gives himself totally every day. Why? Because on three occasions, his life would have been wasted. You know all the, all the things that was happening in, in Joss about you know, uh, persecution of Christians and all those things. Three times they have taken him. The last time he said he was kneeling down like this, they have put the gun on his head to waste his life. And he just closed his eyes, expecting that he will land in heaven. And then lo and below, by the, by the time he opened his eyes, he didn't see the people again. The people were not there. He didn't know what happened. He, didn't, he said from that day, he made up his mind that he will live every day as if that day is the last day because he could have, he could have gone. And then, and I now read, so the time we, we had the meeting with him was in 2019. And I, I read recently that in 2021, he had a colon cancer. He had a colon cancer and God miraculously, you know, he was taken for, for operation and God miraculously healed him again. Can you imagine how he would be living again? You know, and it reminds me the same story of Ezekiah. I'm sure those extra 15 days that Ezekiah had, he must have been pouring himself out just like a drink. That's the way we are supposed to live, brethren, as believers. To give ourselves totally to service. The Almighty God is going to help us in Jesus' name. In Isaiah chapter 38, verses 2 to 3, New Century Version. Isaiah chapter 38, verses 2 to 3. Ezekiah turned toward the wall and prayed to the Lord. Lord, please remember that I have always obeyed you. I have given myself completely to you. Underline that. I have given myself. Have you given yourself completely to the Lord? You want to be your very, very best. You need to give yourself completely to the Lord. Thank you so much. Your people, they are watching me. They know, they know how to take care of me. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, please remember that I have always obeyed you. I have given myself completely to you and have done what you said was right. Then Ezekiah cried loudly. And God, of course, heard him. There are some of you, the reason you are still alive is because God 
wants to use you mightily. Maybe you can say like David, you have passed through the valley of the shadow of death. There have been times that it was like you were at the point of death. Will you release yourself totally unto God? And then the, the fifth key, you must tell others about his love. You must tell others about his love. You must spread the love of God. Okay? If truly you are enjoying your Christian work, then you cannot afford to keep quiet. There are incurable diseases today. I mean, cancer is one of them. If you know, if you know the, the medicine to cure cancer, are you going to keep it to yourself? No. But sin is a worse disease than cancer. Sin. People who are living in sin, it's a worse disease than cancer. So we have a responsibility to tell people there is a, there is a solution to sin. And that solution is saving grace in the Lord Jesus Christ. This one is connected to our fifth foundational purpose, which is called witnessing. Witnessing. There are two things we are not going to be able to do in heaven. We have to do them here. Okay? People cannot commit sin in heaven. Okay? In the presence of God, there cannot be sin. It cannot behold iniquity. And then you cannot witness in heaven. It's already too late. This is the place to witness. This is the place to witness. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, and then verse 20. New century version. Through Christ, God made peace between us and himself. And God gave us the work of telling everyone about the peace we can have with him. So we have been sent to speak for Christ. We speak for Christ when we beg you to be at peace with God. We have a responsibility, every one of us, we have a responsibility to beg people to be at peace with God. We have, re we have received the ministry of reconciliation. So, don't say, oh, we have an evangelism team and they are the ones that have to go and do it. No, no, no. Every one of us, every one of us, we have a responsibility to preach the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we do it in different ways. For some of you, it's just to show love to somebody. You understand that? Just to show that you care. And some of us, okay, you can call scriptures. Use it. Whatever you can use, just make sure you preach to people about the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure your pastor would have told you, I want to remind you, okay, that by the grace of God, we have set a target for ourselves to double, to double our attendance in Ontario 3. So that means that every one of you has a responsibility to reproduce yourself. Okay? You have a responsibility to reproduce yourself. So prayerfully, prayerfully, ask God to help you. In fact, as you are hearing this message, you know what you do for me? Take a piece of paper or maybe in your phone. I want you to just list three people, three people that you need to reach out to. I believe that the Holy Spirit is moving and is, you know, is touching us. List three people that you need to reach out to and to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when you read Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the scripture says there, when the power of the Holy Spirit is working in us, what, what is going to happen? We are going to witness. We start from Jerusalem, okay, we go to Judea, 
Then we go to Samaria and onto the uttermost part of the earth. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 to 18, and Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. He that witness so is wise. You must be an audiovisual Christian. What do I mean by that? Your life speaks first. Okay? People must be able to see you wherever, whether you're at your, at your workplace, in your neighborhood, they must be able to see something special in your life by the way you conduct yourself, by your character, by the way you relate with people. And then you can then use audio. So you must be an audio visual Christian. And the Lord is going to bless us in the mighty name of Jesus. So in conclusion, God has made every provision for our continued success. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 9. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 10. Success in the context of this message is the accomplishment of set goals. And the greatest goal is the one that has been set for us, which is to make heaven. So you want to be successful here or not, and then you want to make it to reign with God. By the grace of God, these five keys, if you take them to heart and you leave them out, I can guarantee you, not only are you going to be successful here, you are going to be one of the people that is going to reign together with the Lord Jesus Christ. Dr. Martin Luther King said, the end of life is not just to be happy. He said the end of life is not just to achieve pleasure and avoid pain. The end of life is to do the will of God. Come what... Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel. If you want to be a blessing to others, share the message. To stay connected, download our app and follow us on Instagram at Lighthouse Church Ottawa. We love you.